Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 242 of the podcast. It's February 23rd, 2016. Today's episode is a series of audio clips that you may have seen. If you're a regular Lean Blog reader, um, you may remember some videos that um, we've posted on the site. Um, some videos that Joe Schwartz and I took in late 2014 at his health system, Franciscan St. Francis, of nurses and managers and leaders talking about Kaizen and continuous improvement. We wanted to put these all together here in a podcast episode. Now, you'll get to meet a lot of these people if you come to an event that Joe and I are calling Kaizen Live. We're hosting it at his health system, which is again, Franciscan St. Francis Health in Indianapolis on April 5th and 6th. We are gonna go visit these different departments. We're gonna talk about continuous improvement. Maybe more importantly, you'll get to see and hear and feel what that culture is like. So if you wanna learn more about this event, go online, www.kaizenlive.com. There's some early bird pricing that's available through March 5th. And we also have a group rate where you can bring three people for the price of two. And we think this is a really powerful experience, especially if you bring a group of leaders and, and really try to absorb what it's like and what it takes to create and sustain a culture of continuous improvement. So in the first clip here, uh, we've got three nurses from the endoscopy department talking about how they're quote unquote Kaizen crazy and how continuous improvement has really just become a normal part of their culture. So my family even teases me um, about it. I was at, my, at home one day and we're talking about something. I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, that's a Kaizen. And she's like, oh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It is. It's, your, it's the way you think. You're constantly, how are you improving a process? How are you becoming more effective, more efficient? I mean, that's, that is the goal. And instead of looking at it, I think another part of it is none of us look at it as, okay, how are we trying to save money or, you know, um, increase throughput. That is what we're doing, yeah. but that's not how we that's think not, of it. Yeah. We think of it, how are we helping a patient be more satisfied? How are we doing a better job at our, our jobs? How are we making this a safer place for everyone? Yeah. That That's where we think about it. I think if we had that focus from our management team that said, you know, you have to save money, I think it would be different. It would have a different feel to it. It would feel more like, okay, you're in trouble, this is a discipline. It's more of, this is your freedom, this yes. is your empowerment, yeah. run with it. Yeah. And so, we're Kaizen crazy. <laughs> now, in the second clip, Rhonda Frigi, who is a manager, now a director, in the pharmacy at the main hospital within their system, talks about how engaging everybody in Kaizen has saved her a lot of time and how that was surprising to her. So here's Rhonda in her own words. If you would have told me when I began the Kaizen process that I would have more free time, um, I would have not believed that. So I can say that they're very self-sufficient now, taking care of issues. Um, it leaves me more time to round on them more and get to know them, and we discuss issues. And so I have more time with them, but not solving problems. We're really talking through other things. It's well worth the time invested initially to, to lay that backbone um, because in the end the positive results will outweigh the initial startup time that you have to put in. Initially the Kaizen's would come in and they were more ideas and just teaching your stuff 
how to work through problems, how to problem solve. Um, and some of, some of my staff, my technical staff, did not know how to problem solve. And just teaching them those skills um, over time has been invaluable. I can focus more on the future, on, on where we need to be, and work out the bigger issues in the department and um, strategically plan versus working on those day-to-day -day fires that were coming up. Um, so that's been helpful, being able to do bigger performance improvement projects for our corporation. So we've heard about how Kaizen is helpful to leaders, how it's engaging for staff. In this next clip, we have two different nurses talking about the culture of staff input and what the expectations are uh, within their department and within the Franciscan health system. The biggest thing, the culture down here is staff input into everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. it really massively different than anywhere else I've ever been. So they want staff trying to figure out how you can fix things and the Kaisens fit right in with that. There's nothing like simple things of just putting allergy tape in every patient's room so you don't have to run out to the desk to get it every time you mark a chart. Mm -hmm. Little things like that, that make your life easier is a Kaizen, and she wants people thinking like that. What can you do to make our job easier and quicker, everyone quicker, so the patients can get done what they need to do and go home and eat lunch? I mean, they're all thinking about what they haven't been able to eat and drink, and they want to get out of here. Mm -hmm. So quicker we can make things, and the easier on the nurses, the faster you can move. So. Yeah. Well, and I think endoscopy as well, they allow us to implement them. Yes. You can put Kaizens in until the cows come home, but if your department itself and the managers don't allow you to implement it and see if it will work, mm -hmm. then there's no point in it. But she allows us to do that. Yeah. Actually, she'll say, go ahead and do whatever it is. Yeah, change it and see if it works. If it doesn't, and then it put Kaizen through. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but do it. Yeah, yeah she encourages that. Yeah. Uh, that's different than a lot of organizations, this oh, yeah. idea of let's go and try it, let's evaluate, let's see if it works. Even right. if it wasn't the manager's idea, they right. let you. Yeah, they let us do it. It's not Alan's idea. I mean, yeah. she'll even, like I said, she'll call and say, no, no, we know you did this now. That's a Kaizen key put that down for us or work the numbers for me or, you know, she encourages you to think like that where most of the time you just get, this is very task oriented back here, get a patient in, get them out, get a patient in, get them out. Um, but she encourages to think outside that box. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm new next door and I come in with that and I said, these cabinets in the corner are stupid, they're not in order, they don't make any sense, so she looks at me and she goes, rearrange them. Mm -hmm. So I spent a couple hours until I rearrange them, labeled them and everything, and I was like, okay, this works better. Yeah. I mean. You wouldn't be able to do that if she didn't give you the ability to be able to go and just implement what you want. Yeah. yeah. So now in this next clip, we come back to Rhonda Frigi from the pharmacy, where she talks about the role of leaders and how leaders support continuous improvement, how they emphasize that it's okay to fail, but I would add it's okay to fail as long as leaders are coaching and helping employees learn how to get better at improvement. If we're trying new things, there's always a risk that a change is not really an improvement. So we try to head that off. We try to minimize the risk of change. But if uh, people get so cautious, if they're being told that they can't fail, that leads to people, I think, just not trying to improve. So here's Rhonda talking a little bit about that culture and what she does as a leader. We've been involved in Kaizen now for about seven years in the pharmacy department. It started out slow, but as it has grown over the years, it has really saved us time in the pharmacy department. It has made our patients safer for some of the things we've um, been able to implement. And um, it's just an excellent team-building program for probably anyone. Mm -hmm. I think leadership engagement is probably the biggest 
driver of this, knowing that the leaders support Kaizen. Um, in the beginning, I was coming up with the Kaizens and asking for assistance and just identifying problems and bringing the team together, saying, um, here's the issue. How can we resolve it? How can we um, implement a resolution? And having the team work together on some large projects, not little simple issues, but larger issues over several different um, shifts, and then seeing it implemented. And at one point, we made a change in how we were storing medications, and I immediately had pushback from other, another shift or other people that were involved, and I basically said, listen, this team worked very hard on this. We're going to give them, we're going to give them seven days grace, and we're going to trial this. If it's not correct, we're going to go back to the way it was, but if it's an improvement, we're going to keep it. And at the end of that, we, we ended up keeping that one. It worked well. Just people needed to give it a chance, and it worked well. But we have been very open with staff. Not every idea is going to be successful, and it's okay to fail. I think a lot of people don't want to fail, and they don't want to put themselves out there. But it's okay to fail. I'd rather they, they have 100 ideas if, if half of them are, are good. That's great, versus somebody that doesn't have any ideas. So... I think just giving them permission to fail, but wanting them to try. So now we'll come back to uh, nurses from endoscopy. They're the last nurses that you heard. And here they're going to just tell the story. Uh, I just love the story about uh, an improvement. We'll just call this applesauce Kaizen. And here's their story. I did a Kaizen for manometries. Um, we would have to purchase our patients when we put down a probe. Um, it measures involuntary and voluntary muscle movement, so you have to kind of see if the muscles are functioning properly in the esophagus for certain patients to have certain types of hernia repairs or um, different types of surgeries, and then sometimes patients have conditions where they can't swallow, and so we're trying to figure out why. Um, <clears throat> so the monometry part of it, you have to drink um, 10 sips of Gatorade, and then there was a stuff that they used to use. It was a viscous, and basically <laughs> it was like... I don't know if I can say this. It was like flavored snot. So it was like cherry, grape, and banana. And it was just, I couldn't get patients to swallow it most of the time. Yeah. And you would get a 12-pack for $260 for the 12-pack. And I would go through anywhere between one and two packs a week. So most of the time I was spending, what's 260 $500-some-odd dollars a week on viscous for patients to swallow. Yeah. So one day, couldn't get the lady to swallow, so struggling, so I ran out here and I said, somebody please go get me some applesauce. Let me see if she can swallow this. So she did beautifully, it went down perfectly, and so I called the company that the probe came from, and I said, can we use applesauce instead of this viscous? Do I have to use it? And they're like, well, no, as long as it didn't hurt the probe. And I said, no, it did fine. So we switched to applesauce, so that was a savings in two years of almost $30,000. Just in the manometry program. And the patients satisfaction. Oh, the patients yeah. love it. I yeah. mean, they're, it's so much easier. It goes down smoother. And so that's kind of just... And I didn't even think about implementing that. And I did that two years ago. And Holland called me. She goes, did you switch out applesauce for something? And I was like, yeah. She goes, that's a Kaizen, Julie. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well, I'll put it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's just something like that. That's, that's the biggest Kaizen I've done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... 
with big savings. Yeah, so and, and other benefits too. I mean, yeah, the patient benefits from it. It's um, you know, applesauce throughout the hospital, so patients like it's easy for us to get a hold of. If I run out of the viscous, I would have to wait to order it or panic that I was going to be out, and I had like three or four cases, and then you'd have to have overnight shipping and stuff like that. So that's another expense. So we don't have any of that expense anymore. So that's great. It slowly begins to make sense, like, oh gosh, just little changes can make big results. I mean, I would have never thought applesauce when I, not right. one time did I ever sit down and figure the numbers. Not one time until Holland said, can you figure those numbers out for me? And I was like, my goodness, that's yeah. huge. <laughs> I mean, just something that small that's available for all of us to use. Like when we tried to implement the applesauce, she was like, you know, make sure the company says it won't damage anything. And I was like, well, I don't care. But um, no, I can't say that she's ever pushed back and said, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, you know, try it, see if it works. If it doesn't work, we tried it. But when you have a probe in your nose, down into your stomach, and you're trying to eat and swallow at the same time, let's make it as pleasant as right. possible. Right. When I first started unit, they used salt water. Oh. I'm like, why can't we just use Gatorade as something flavored? Yeah. So I did that too. There was no prize. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Salt water is cheap. Uh, <laughs> salt water is cheap. You know why? Yeah, see? Another prize. Another prize. Keep writing them up. Keep going on. Now, in this next clip, I'll ask them, you know, why do Kaizen? What, what's in it for them? I had someone ask yesterday. So while, so what happens, you know, if an employee comes up with an idea that saves the organization a lot of money? Applesauce is saving thirty thousand a year. Well, what, what's in it for the employee? Is it fair if the organization is getting benefits? And you know, what, what's in it for the employee? Why, why do you participate in Kaizen? Um, what, what, what's in it for you? Better working environment and your job's smoother and stuff. I mean, I don't even think of it as you should get anything else. Yeah, it keeps patients from vomiting on me. And that sounds priceless. <laughs> yes. That is priceless. Easier. <laughs> People aren't throwing up on me all day. Yeah. So, yeah. Happier staff, happier patients, happier visitors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know. That's why we're nurses. I mean, that's why we work here. Right. I mean, honestly, that's why we work here. Yeah. I mean, we, we all could go somewhere else, you know, so it's not a situation where why, I should get back from that. I do get back from that. I get recognized for it. You know, Holland, you know, Susan McRoberts. I mean, people said, hey, that's great. You know, we get recognized for it. I mean, yeah. is it, if you weren't happy, you could always go somewhere else. Now, here's another clip coming back to Rhonda from the pharmacy, talking about an aspect of their approach to continuous improvement that she calls, and, and others at Franciscan call, seven days grace. That was just my my reaction to all of the upheaval that everyone, you know, we, we drastically changed how the drugs were stored in this area. And a team of six or seven individuals worked very hard to implement this. And we considered many, many things. We considered how it affected other shifts. We looked at how quickly we could um, replenish our surgery trays doing it this way versus the other way. Um, so I felt like we had spent a lot of time identifying the problem, thinking through resolutions, and then the next shift came in and just didn't like how it was, um, how the drugs were stored, and immediately just red flags and a lot of complaining, and I basically said, listen, this team has put together a lot of thought into this process. We owe them seven days grace, and to try this, um, 
to give it a good try and not come in and complain. Um, I think we only had to invoke that a few times, and now people just know the culture is we've got to give it a try, um, and they're very open now. But before, it was very rigid, and people didn't like new things, and I think as Kaizen, a lot of people don't like change, and, and healthcare's changed, so they've gotten used to a little bit better, but Kaizen has changed, and it's constant change, and so they're getting used to Kaizen's coming through. And now we get to our last audio clip from the videos, and we're going to hear from another manager, Hallin, who is over a nursing unit. She's going to talk about the strategy for making time for Kaizen. We hear this complaint a lot. People say Kaizen and continuous improvement makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we want to solve problems. Yes, we want to engage staff. Yes, we want to improve. But, well, we just don't have time. I would emphasize that's not an excuse to hide behind. It's a problem to solve, and that's something they put a lot of effort into at Franciscan. So again, here is Hallin. My name is Hallin Lopsager. I'm the manager for endoscopy operations. Um, when I think about Kaizen, I think about trying to make changes in the workflow um, or something for patient care, just depending on what your specific role is in the healthcare team. Um, I try to follow what I consider transformational leadership characteristics, so I really try to get my staff engaged and involved in change, and the reality is change is everywhere. That's part of life, so I try to figure out how to either embrace it, be a part of it, make it better, and so where Kaizen comes into play is um, that mindset of you see a problem, identifying that it could be maybe done easier, faster, um, more efficiently, um, even if it's something that's more satisfying, that's a Kaizen. Um, so trying to take that mindset and just adapt it into everything from how my office is set up to my team and how they set their bedside carts up to their office space to their break room. Um, and really I just challenge them to look at everything as a possibility to be changed. And I think that helps your attitude accept it more and then it kind of fuels fire. So they all... We do really well with competition and bragging rights and things like that, so it's kind of like a little fire. One starts going with a Kaizen. Um, very rarely now do I have a single person on a Kaizen. There's usually at least two people on a Kaizen, so they work together. Um, but it's not always been like that. And so we've just really tried to move the culture to be one that we look for change, we look for things to be easier, we look for it to be more satisfying, and they know that I have their back. If they bring something to me and they say, we could do it this way, there's always multiple ways to do something. So if there's five ways to do something and their way that they present is more efficient, safer, it's not a workaround, then score moves win for everybody. Yeah. But we started out with goose egg um, numbers is what we refer to them as several years ago, we didn't have any Kaizans. Yeah. Um, and so we've just tried to, as a group, educate ourselves and fuel that fire. And um, I, the two biggest bangs for the buck um, at the beginning for me was to isolate time during staff meetings, meeting time that they already were dedicating to me. And so that way it was, um, it was a partnership between the two. I was taking time out of the staff meeting agenda to say, you know, everybody leave the room with one Kaizen written down. Um, we would do Kaizen blitzes like over our lunch hour, so we would try to get a conference room, 
um, either have people in there to help you write it so that you knew you could go in there with an idea and someone would help you get it into the computer, um, or um, the I think the biggest thing is just the competition over the course of kind of a month um, to give people a timeline so that they could use five minutes after hours to write down the Kaizen and then maybe another day they go and find somebody to help get it in the computer. So they've got a timeline, but it's reasonable. Um, and I think that the time commitment at the beginning um, is still a struggle even now, even as we're experienced, um, because like, I mean, here's a batch that I haven't entered that are sitting here waiting to go into the computer. So it is about being committed to getting them in the computer but at the same time, just that everyday process. You're constantly, constantly thinking, it just reshapes your mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you realize that benefit, then the time is worth it because you know you're gaining time too. So it's mm -hmm. kind of reverse. Yeah. So with those audio clips from the videos, that's just a small slice of, I think, the, the breadth of experience and the wisdom and the enthusiasm that they have at Franciscan St. Francis Health. You know, they've been on this continuous improvement journey since 2007. Joe Schwartz has been there with them, um, helping create and build and nurture and sustain this culture of daily continuous improvement. A lot of this is built on uh, the quick and easy Kaizen method as taught by Norman Bodak. It's a, a method that they've built upon, they've combined it with week-long Kaizen events and other lean methods. That's um, what Joe and I wrote about in our books, Healthcare Kaizen and the Executive Guide to Healthcare Kaizen. So we hope you'll check out the books, but we hope you'll actually come travel to Indianapolis and see and feel and hear what a culture of continuous improvement looks like. Again, it's coming up on April 5th and 6th. There's an optional uh, kind of early workshop, more of a classroom style opportunity on Monday, April 4th. If you sign up for any of this, including if you come just for the um, experience on the 5th and 6th, you'll have access to some online education. You'll receive a copy of our book, Healthcare Kaizen. There's a lot to get out of, um, I, I think, this very unique learning opportunity. As, as somebody said last year, you know, that they, they wish they had more workshops like this, not sitting in a classroom being lectured to, but really interacting with people that have done a lot to create a culture of continuous improvement. So again, I hope you'll come join me and my co-author, Joe Schwartz. Go to www.kaizenlive.com. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.